Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajahat Ali. And Waj, you know, I I know that folks want to tell me that it's too early to take out my crystal ball, to read the tea leaves, to look for smoke signals, but I'm pretty sure a hundred percent, maybe, maybe, maybe a hundred and fifty percent sure wow. the Democrats are going to lose mm. in 2022. And I believe that it is going to be white moderates that are going to cost us Congress. You tweeted this, tweeted something in this vein that went viral. What was it? So I'm glad you were going to get all the haters in the first 30 seconds. uh, I love this this podcast. We're going to get a lot of trolls. Last week, I tweeted that when Republicans win in 2022, Mm -hmm. they are going to impeach Biden. And I had no idea that this tweet would go viral and cause so many people both to agree with me and you know tell people, inspire people to say, "Well, Jihad, you're being alarmist, and uh, why are you so cynical?" And if if Republicans win, but it's not over yet. And then I'm like, uh, I did another tweet and I said, "You guys aren't paying attention. They're already setting the stage. They're going to say something about abusing power, corruption, Hunter Biden, blah blah blah. It doesn't matter. They're going to impeach him, and they're going to use the Clinton cash strategy, Ooh. which was very successful in 2016, to then cripple him and Harris in 2024. Mm-hmm. And then I did another tweet." Where literally Senator Ted Cruz admitted, and we forget because there's like 17 different crises that happen today, and we forget already that Jenny Thomas sent 29 texts to Mark Meadows, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Thomas, telling him in weird, apocalyptic, batshit, crazy QAnon language to help overthrow a free and fair election. Already forgot about that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that uh, Senator Ted Cruz just a couple months ago openly said we're going to impeach him. Over what? Eh. So people are like... (laughs) Over what? Meh. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so and so I'm like, why don't you look at the tea leaves? Democrats themselves think they're going to lose. We discussed this last week where the president of CBS in an internal conversation said, hey, in anticipation of Democrats losing, we're hiring Mick Mulvaney because we need, quote, access. And 
again, me and Danielle, I'm not speaking, I, I don't want to be speaking for you, Danielle, but disagree with me. We're mm-hmm. not saying sit on your ass. We're not saying don't mobilize. We're not saying mm-hmm. don't get organized. We're not saying don't go vote. But you also, if there's a comet coming, I have to tell you about the comet. Come on. I mean, here's the thing. Um, one, you're absolutely right. They are telling us and are continue to say the quiet parts out loud, right? Like when we get back into power, we're going to open up investigations, investigations into what our investigations into your criminality. They say things like we're going to, uh, impeach Joe Biden over what? Well, they're going to turn the Hunter Biden laptop situation back into Hillary Clinton's server and emails. But funny enough, nobody gives a shit about the 457 minutes that the, the, apparently the phone lines went down at the White House during a time when people are defecating in the Capitol building. So, you know, and Washington I, Post, you know, Danielle, real quick, you know, the way Clinton cash was laundered through mainstream media was a deliberate strategy by the Republican Party and Steve Bannon. They gave it a nice finesse and cover through a mainstream book. And then with the deliberate intention that mainstream media would take the bait and it would hurt Clinton, which it did. And they did the same thing last week where Washington Post did this huge expose of what's on Hunter Biden. Biden's laptop, while, like you said, no one's talking about the seven missing hours in the transcripts on the day of January 6th. I mean, Donald Trump went dark for an entire workday and no one <laughs> thinks that that is problematic. But, you know, going back to 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 this point, it is not to provide an alarm to people to say that oh, ho- all hope is lost and right. to sit on your ass. It is to be very clear about the dangerous woods that we are in now, that right. we didn't have to be in, right? Because when we look at the, by the time that we get to November and we look back at the calendar and we say, what is Joe Biden provided to the American people since he came into office in January of 2021? And when we look down at the list, the agenda that black America, white America, working class America, everybody that lives at the intersection, queer America, that all facets of America had, and we look at what the Biden agenda has provided, let me tell you something. One list looks long and one list looks real short, right? right? And providing people with the emergency COVID relief that Mm. they came into office doing was necessary. But I'm talking about, you're you're talking about providing, um, handing somebody on the Titanic a plunger and saying, go to work. That's what (laughs) that did, right? for the American people. So they will forget about this come November because what I'm looking for is, oh, I don't know, voting rights. Mm. They told us, sorry, we can't do that, but you got Maya Angelou on a coin. Um, we, we wanted police reform. Sorry, can't do that. But we did pass an anti-lynching bill that we have tried to pass for the last 62 years and pat ourselves on the back for finally getting that done. But Well, no, ooh. they funded the police. We're going to oh, fund the yes, police. That's right. You forgot. Because when he stood up at the State of the Union and said, we don't want to defund the police. We need to fund, fund the police. <laughs> and then he actually gave them trillions of dollars. So I, I, I look here as we're sitting back and you say Republicans, I mean, Republicans gave us an entire poo poo platter right, of different things to pick from that would have us winning and look strong and look like leaders and powerful. And do you know what we did instead? 
nah, I'll take the I'll I'll, I'll take the oodles and noodles <laughs> to my microwave. Here's the here's the entree that we no. No, I'll take the lukewarm no, noodles no. and noodles. I'll take the lukewarm noodles with three-day-old water, please. I'm like, how about the soy sauce? No, just no. give the soy sauce to the Republicans. We don't like taste. And the funny thing is, it's 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 it's, it's a gift. It's a like January sixth is the gift that can keep on giving. This is a gift on a platter. Trump's corruption, their criminality, overthrowing an election, killing a cop, an ongoing coup. Like literally, they're like if Republicans. Republicans were in the on the flip side. Oh my God! Public hearings, nonstop narratives, books, access, repeated messaging, and again, we talked about this. I gotta mention it again, just the way the Democrats are built. Let's take it back to the State of the Union. Mm-hmm. Joe mm-hmm. Biden talks about Ukraine. Everyone cares about Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Great. I'm glad you care about it. Attack on democracy. Russia invaded. Also, Republicans are invading and attacking our democracy. Did Joe Biden make the connection? Beautiful connection to take a friggin' haymaker against a Republican sitting right in front of him as in a televised audience, which a record number of people saw, to, sh- to tell people that that political party is an enabling a coup and a person, Donald Trump, who tried to overturn an election, and they're complicit in it. And the only two Republicans who are on the commission, the House Select Committee, because they said, you know what, a violent mob trying to kill us is, is a bridge too far are Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, and now they're no longer part of the Republican Party. They got censured. Is it not? Is that not a beautiful opening, Daniel, to make a connection for the American public? Nope, won't do it. So no, no public hearings yet. When I talked to Adam Schiff, he said it'll be months away. That was like two weeks. That was like I, three I, weeks but, ago. I, but why? What what did he give as the reason why we are months away from public hearings when they were doing public hearings on Benghazi like a week after Benghazi? Oh, yeah. And then Kevin McCarthy, I, I have said this before on the show. I always want to remind people, Kevin McCarthy, House Minority Leader, admitted that we did the hearings to harm Clinton before the 2016 election. So when I asked Schiff, he's like, well, we're building the case and it's going to take several months. I'm like, several months? I told him, you could see the interview on the South by Southwest studio interview. I'm like, you don't got time. The midterms are coming up. You don't have time. And people are going to forget and now it's you don't respond to any of the that bad faith attacks. Now it's don't say gay. It's CRT. It's like your son's becoming a transgender. You know, everyone's becoming gay. And that's going to win over the suburban voters. And you have no counter message to it. And you're going to sit there quietly and you, you're going to try to win over the moderates who, by the way, you can win over if you actually advance your progressive economic agenda, which is wildly popular across the board. But then this is where I say that Democrats are going to lose and democracy is going to lose, Danielle, thanks to white moderates. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. 
Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I will say this, that um, it was a couple of weeks ago that AOC spoke with New York Magazine. Right. Two weeks ago, I think. Two weeks ago, said the same thing, said that she has said literally everything that I have said about Democrats, about Joe Biden in particular, she articulated the same point. She goes, you know... I don't I did not come into politics at a time when two white men are walking into a room, a smoke filled room and hashing out the world's problems over bourbon. Mm. That is not the time that that time is gone. And I see she's like and there is a nostalgia that is present for that time. And I believe that Joe Biden was came into office believing that he's oh I've worked with Mitch and uh you know and, and the crew and Tim I've, I've worked with these guys and Lindsay you know for 40 years I know them they're good guys we have different ideals but ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I go to their kids birthdays and their daughters weddings and all of these things and the world fundamentally changed yeah right in the 8 years that he was vice president But he saw the treatment of Barack Obama. I believe that he saw the treatment of Barack Obama and he's just like, it's because he's black. Right. But as soon as we have two white, old white dudes facing off against each other in the death match of democracy, they'll choose me. And he was wrong. And AOC is saying that she's like, I believe that Joe Biden is a good person. I also believe that Joe Biden is miscalculating this moment. And I thought that that was crystal clear. Absolutely. And the reason why I blame uh, the moderate whites is because if you look at Biden and look at Biden's agenda and and someone, and I won't mention them, they're a staffer to a uh, someone in Congress. They said, I think your critiques are correct. And I think it's Democrats and Biden overpromised and thought that they could deliver. The reason why they thought they could deliver, Danielle, is they thought mm-hmm. they could rely upon Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. Now, mm-hmm. what AOC also said in that New York magazine is, I'm not try- like us, like uh, she's like, listen, there's still hope, there's still chance, sure. But you cannot expect a young, vibrant base of the Democratic Party or even the, your, your base to show up after you have denied them pretty much everything they they wanted from you, right? So you can do still a lot more, Joe Biden, 
uh, with your executive order, with your pen, but they won't because Democrats aren't built that way. Instead, it seems that all of our economic policies are being crafted by Cole Manchin from West Virginia mm. and Kristen Cinema, who reports have said mocked Joe Biden and the Democratic Party behind closed doors in front of funders. And Joe Manchin, by the way, is also the person who chairs the Energy Committee during a time of climate change because he's in bed, of course, with the energy sector where they're openly bragging. Remember that video? Um, it was, uh, which one was, which company was it? The oil company that's openly bragging that, uh, oh yeah, we got Joe Manchin in the back. We could always get a signature. And so this country has money during a pandemic. Uh, and we've mentioned this before, it bears mentioning, to give billions of dollars to Ukraine and to give nearly $800 billion to the, to the military industrial complex. But who kills the child tax credit? Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin. Ch you know, COVID relief as of last week. Joe Biden is desperately trying to get COVID relief. Democrats, nah, kill that too. Uh, how about voter suppression? I want to read this real quick. This was mm -hmm. from last week. A federal judge in Florida ruled last week that Sections of the state's year-old election law were unconstitutional and racially motivated. In a sharply worded 288-page yep. order from Tallahassee, the judge said he was the first time a federal court had struck down major elements of a wave of voting laws enacted by Republicans since the 2020 election, specifically attacking the voting rights of, you want to guess who? The Blacks. The Blacks. And so... The death of democracy is knocking on the door. And who are the people who refuse to reform the filibuster? Do you want to you want to take a guess? Cinema Mansion. Cinema Mansion. And here we are. And leading up to 2022, ladies and gentlemen, when you know, when everyone else knows you're going to lose, Democrats, instead of embracing their base and policies that are wildly successful, they are still trying to court this moderate center that I do not believe exists. And this is why I think, Danielle, they're going to lose. You know, so here's the thing, too, and I and I agree with this. And, you know, I, I remember um, there have been so many um, activists over the course of, oh, I don't know, since the beginning of time um, that have talked about being where, right, being wary of white moderates. Right. Mm. Martin Luther King. First, I must confess that over the last few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. Right. Wrote that this in a Birmingham jail in 1963. And he says this because you see the difference between white moderates and at that time Klansmen. But I will say the difference between white moderates and white nationalists, the white nationalist party now is that. You know where you stand with them. Yeah. We know as two black and brown people, the Republican Party does not want us. Not only do they not want us in their tent, they don't want us in this country, right? They don't want us in their schools. They don't want us in their churches, in their synagogues. They don't want us, right? And so they are very clear about that. They will tell you to your face, and that's the thing that I will appreciate. With Donald Trump, I knew where I stood. 
right? So I knew what I was battling against. The problem with the white moderates is their nuance into white nationalism, Mm. right? Is the fact that you have the Biden administration welcoming in 100,000 Ukraine refugees and in the same, in the same fucking year, turned away 14,000 Haitians. After who are, the who prime are chased, minister, who were chased by, who by were border chased security and beaten yeah. by border security. And instead of us recognizing the torture that they were met with in their time of need, we wanted to debate whether or not it was a whip that the white border patrol officer was using on was horseback the horse's reins. Or was it, was it, the or horse's was it a reins. rain? Like, like this is this is the absurdity that we live in. But this is the kind of debate that white moderates want to have. Right. They want to make justifications for their racism. Right. But then allow for the white nationalists to take the brunt of things that they are able to capitalize and have the privilege to benefit off of. So Joe Manchin is totally fine. Right. Slamming down uh, no voter suppression, uh, no, no, no voter rights, no voting rights for you because I don't want to upend the filibuster. And wants to say that that is because of some institutional belief, knowing that we've done this before. Yeah. And it's all bullshit. There's no there's no institutional. It's all it's a relic of Jim Crow and there's no constitutional precedent for it. And we've changed it before to have a small majority, which is the way, by the way, Judge Ketani Jackson, she's going to be able to become Supreme Court justice because we amended the, the filibuster to allow only a slim majority uh, uh, to actually get her in, but 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 for when it comes to voting rights, no no no, we need the filibuster to 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 hold on to these customs, which by the way have all, always upheld white supremacy. Just coincidentally, and you, and you just know, coincidentally. When, you, when when you go when you go back, I'm, I'm I I I want to go back to what you said about Joe Manchin and him chairing the Energy Committee, which is just a fucking joke, right? Like. I, I listened to um, a, a podcast the other day, The Daily, um, who, by the way, folks, we did not win our wonderful award that we were nominated for because the New York Times outshined us. But that's, dare I say, it's fine because it's the New York Times. But we got um, nominated. Here's we got a, here's nominated. A, here's a young a new podcast. Uh, yes. And you all, we had no idea. We didn't even promote it. And you all nominated us. So we, we will flex with that. We'll flex with that. So in the daily, they did a long story on Joe Manchin's, the arc of Joe Manchin's career in coal, mm. from being a state representative all the way to governor, all the way to becoming senator, mm. and his relationships and the way that Joe that Joe Manchin had changed laws in order to be able to benefit from uh, in his investments. In dirty coal, mm. right? And be able, and what you know, what his response was all these decades that he's called out is it's legal. <laughs> yeah. You write the laws. You're in well, a position to to write the laws, and you wrote the laws so that you could make money off of giving corporate oil corporations benefits for polluting our environment. So long as you get rich on it. Because you're Cole Mansion. That's how you made your money. That's how your wife is rich. Your daughter is rich because she raised the price of EpiPen uh, in a, the world's most allegedly powerful and wealthy country where people are rationing their insulin just to survive. 
uh, and EpiPens should not be that expensive. My daughter, I think I've mentioned this before, needs EpiPens. We have like four or five around the house because of these allergic reactions. And if you don't get the EpiPen in you immediately, some people, ladies and gentlemen, die. And the reason why they're dying because they can't afford it because his daughter said, you know what? I work for a pharmaceutical company and let's jack up the prices. So like daughter and son, like father. And so you got Cole Manchin. I just want to remind people, you got Joe Manchin who sat with the Republicans during the State of the Union. Come on. Joe Manchin, who single-handedly crushed Build Back Better because it was the progressives. And, you know, we always forget, which is why I'm trying to connect the dots for folks. It was the progressives who knew what Joe Manchin was going to do. They said, we want a vote on infrastructure and BBB or else we won't sign on infrastructure because they knew if they split it apart and just signed off on the infrastructure bill, they had a very legitimate fear that Joe Manchin would kill Build Back Better. Build Back Better, the item lines in Build Back Better, when you pull them, the vast majority of Americans, Daniel, support it. Paid parental leave, free pre-K, right? Lowering the cost of drugs. Uh, these are huge wins. Who kills BBB? Joe Manchin sends an aide to tell the White House I'm not going to vote on BBB. And then 30 minutes later, he appears on Fox News and kills it. And all the Democrats who had promised their base that we're going to get this done have eggs on their faces. Not due to the squad, not due nope. to the darkies, not due to nope. the AOC, not due to Ilhan Umar's hijab, not due to a trans <laughs> athlete, not due to Toni Morrison's <laughs> beloved. It was due to Joe Manchin, Kristen Sinema, and white moderates who stood behind him. And that's sure why Joe Biden. Are you sure it wasn't the hijab, though? Are you huh? sure? Are you yeah, sure you're... it wasn't the hijab? <laughs> she did wear a very colorful floral pattern that might have. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, I mean, because when the story gets written, even now when the story gets written, the reason why I'm saying this, when the story gets written, this is what, what the story is, because Democrats always play. Democrats fall to the culture war because they don't have a response. And we had Anat Shanker here a few weeks ago. You guys should go listen to her awesome podcast, yes. which she did with us when she talked about the messaging. And she said when Democrats actually message, they actually beat the CRT manufactured fear when they message properly. Right. Democrats, again, because they center whiteness, they chase Amy and, and Karen and Karen and Chad. They ignore their base. They're terrified of their own shadow, which is black. They play to the Republican <laughs> base. What happens instead is, instead of fighting aggressively, they retreat in the corner and say, Uda noodles, please, without salt and no soy sauce. Without Thank you. salt and no soy sauce. And don't even put it in the microwave. I'm good yeah, with soggy, it. With soggy is good. Soggy is good. I, you know, what is so frustrating, and this is, this is why people decide not to vote. And I'm not an advocate for people not voting. Mm. But I understand when they don't. Yeah, we talked about that. You, because you... You present them, you present them with this, with this dire situation, which we did in 2020. If Donald Trump gets a second term, America is done, yeah. right? It isn't just going to be little undocumented children that are in cages. It is going to be all of us. We spell it out. So people go out in mass in historic numbers and they vote literally like their lives depended on it because they did because they were voting pre-vaccine. During right? a pandemic. During a pandemic. You give Democrats the gavel in the House, the mm. gavel in the Senate, 
right? You give them the Oval Office and then mm. Democrats turn around and they say, but we can't pass our agenda. You didn't give us enough. So <laughs> they turn around like Oliver Twist and they say, please, sir, can I have some more? And you're like, why would we give you any more room in the Senate? Why would we vote for you? Because you didn't do anything with what it is that you had. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Well, can I just say uh, two points for the Oliver Twist reference and and, and the accent? Uh, and what you're saying is echoed by this reporting that came out uh, by Politico in Nevada, where now they're afraid of losing Nevada, the Democrats are, because a lot of the folks who are workers and the middle class and even the Latinos are now apathetic and saying, uh, why should I vote for you? Uh, when you haven't done anything, and then with the culture war, and you know, usually what happens with power, the, the the team without power then makes promises, and then people are like, well, okay, the people who I voted for didn't give me shit, I'm going to go for the Republicans. So now the Republicans are peeling them off, and you know Democrats are saying, hey, hey, come vote, and people are like, nah, I'm none, I'm sitting it out. And so the apathy that you're talking about, Danielle, is being witnessed in what was supposed to be demographic destiny, where black folks and Latinos and Asians will just come out and vote for Democrats no matter what. But it seems that you actually have to deliver for the base that comes out and votes for you in historic numbers during a pandemic. And still, Joe Biden has a chance. What, what, what can he do? He is the executive. He has the bully pulpit. He is the president. He can use executive orders to remove student debt Two, uh what else can you do uh with uh, he, uh reduce the price of some drugs right do due to some climate change uh, uh he could do some climate change policies he could do a lot with his executive orders to kind of implement policies that will immediately help the majority of americans but this is where white moderates come those folks are in bed like you mentioned with big money everybody and big, big money pharma. Yeah. Big it's oil. Even student big, loans. Those companies know? told Nancy Pelosi, this is a no-go. Yep. Remember All that? Nancy Pelosi is yep. like, no, no, we're not going to do that. So 
here's a chance where, and this is where the disruption comes in, right? I think this is where AOC, lover or hater, I don't know why people would hate her, but- I honestly AOC... don't know because everything that she's ever advocated for <laughs> is on behalf of people who have had to work multiple jobs like she did before she was in Congress that have like, know what it's like to be um, a low wage worker, an essential like worker. Like an Amazon worker going for union unionization, that what happened Bravo. in Staten Island. Bravo to the New Yorkers that were able to become the first unionized Amazon warehouse. 55%. And the reason why that happened, Danielle, right, is, is because the, the workers didn't give up. They did grassroots. They did potlucks. They, did, they delivered pizza. They reached out. They talked to folks. And they overcame this massive PR juggernaut by Amazon to distract and, you know, confuse the workers because it, 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 they lost the vote. Well, they're still in flux right now with what happened in Alabama. But just doing that over the next year, they were able to win over 55%. It was historic, right? That happened in Staten Island. And so those are the people that were, where AOC comes from, that community. And that's the majority of Americans. As we said before, people work in two jobs just to stay broke. You can win over mm. people if you give them paid parental leave, free pre-K, lower the cost of drugs, you know, cap insulin. I know the House did it. Uh, the Democrats in the House did it. Not a single Republican voted for it. These are the wins. And Joe Biden knows he can deliver. But the reason why he can't is, again, thanks to the alleged, quote unquote, moderates. And I can't believe we even call them moderates. And the only reason we call them moderates is because they're white. They're not moderates. They're, 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 they're obstructionists. They're regressive. They're, they're, they're regressive. They're obstructionist. And, and here's the reality. You know, people will say, well, look what happened with Obama with executive orders, that Donald Trump was able to come in and overturn all of those executive orders. But here's the thing. We have two years left with Biden in office. It, and we have two elections, the midterm and then the presidential. You give people something to the point that you're mm. saying. You give them something to, to fill up on, to feel like somebody is fighting for them, then they will turn around and they will vote for you. But you stay, we, they, they continue to govern from a place of fear Always. that is reaction-based. What will Republicans do as opposed to how will my base react? That's go. the question that Democrats never ask themselves, that Republicans live on. How yeah. will my base react? What will the base do? That's the only thing Republicans care about. But Democrats only care about what Republicans will do. Yeah. Well it's, well, it's not just Democrats. It's it's the majority. It's If you've noticed, the majority always bends the knee to bad faith Republican talking points and fear. Economic anxiety, the Rust Belt, Republicans will be mad. We need a conservative commentator. They'll see us as biased. They'll see us as liberal media. They'll see us as slanted. They hate you. They hate you. You. They call you the enemy of the people. They were willing to kill Mike Pence. Mike Pence is the whitest man on earth. They were willing to kill him. If they're willing to kill Mike Pence, what do you think they'll do to Biden and Kamala Harris and all the liberals who run, allegedly the liberals, they're all capitalists, all the alleged liberals who run the media institutions? What do you think they're going to do to you? They hate you. It's Lucy and Charlie Brown. Majority's Charlie Brown, the Democrats are Charlie Brown, Republicans are Lucy, and like it's the same repeat of the, the, the episode where Charlie Brown says, are you sure, Lucy, you're not going to lift up the football when I come and run and try to kick it? No, Charlie, I won't. Then Charlie says, thank you, Lucy, and he runs, 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 and what does she do? She takes away the football, we fall on our ass, 
and and Lucy laughs. But this time, democracy is going to fall on its ass, and we are going to lose. We're going to lose so much more, Daniel, because this Republican Party ain't the Republican Party that you and I grew up with. This nope. is a radicalized, no, really is not. weaponized death cult. They're going all in. They realize this is a zero-sum game. They realize they're losing their numbers. They realize that people are actually, you know, moving forward with marriage equality and biracial couples and, and people, single parents and, and, and diversity. They realize that they don't have the numbers. So this is the sandbagging effect. You know, when you see a tidal wave coming, let's mm-hmm. sandbag and let's run, run out the clock. And the, the world's going to end anyway due to climate change. And we'll establish the kingdom of heaven. And God will then uh, invite us all up in the rapture and the darkies and the atheists will die. And who cares? And you think you guys think I'm joking about that, but not really. Look, I gave you I mean, cliff I'm notes. Like, I'm like, no, look it up. That because that's basically the QAnon manuscript um, that a quarter of the country, by the way, actually believes in by latest mm. reports. Twenty five percent of Americans uh, believe some aspect of QAnon theories which should be terrifying and tell you all you need to know about our public education system, right? And why they are going after our public education system, because, you know, you can't trick people that are dumb, right? Mm. Like if you continue to feed uh, the gaslight and undereducate, right? And under motivate, Mm. then you can continue to, to reign, to reign supreme. You don't, Republicans don't want an educated citizenry. If they have an educated citizenry, guess what? We start asking questions. And the biggest question is why, why are we doing these things this way? Why are like, why when it is apparent that climate change is actually here, that it's not this far off thing that we need to be worried about 30 years from now, that it's happening in real time right now. Why do we have somebody that is in charge of coal and has been connected to the coal lobby for its entire professional career in charge of our energy committees, right? Like, why do we say that, oh, give us your hungry, you're poor and yearning to be free. Oh, asterisk, so long as they're white, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and and the thing is, and this is a question that I have for you because it's a question that I have been, you know, uh, ruminating on for a while, which is why are you still a Democrat? Mm. Like, this is the question I, I genuinely want to know. Yeah. And then I, I'll answer myself. Why are you still a Democrat? Because I feel like this is the question that is going to keep a lot of people home in midterms and beyond. So uh, to, to answer the, well, to reflect on your last statement, and I'll answer the question also, is a lot of folks are increasingly going to become apathetic. You're already hearing this. Both sides are the same. That's what they're going to say. This system doesn't care about me. Uh, they're all rich folks looking out for other rich folks. And you know what? My vote doesn't matter. So I don't care. I'm screwed either way, which is a very dangerous place to be in because both sides are not the same. So to answer your question, the reason why I will vote Democrat, and I'm going to be very open and naked with my bias, is because I realize, at least with the Democratic Party, they're still for democracy. They believe in climate change. The tent is big enough to include people like you and me. There is a majority growing there that realizes we have to reform the system. With Republicans, we have lost that party. It's not the party of Bush. It's not the party of Bush Jr. It's not the party of McCain. It's not the party of Romney anymore. It's the party of QAnon, 
It's the party of replacement theory. It's the party of the deep state. It's the party of white nationalism being mainstreamed. And that is a death sentence for America, which is a multiracial democracy. The only way this country succeeds, Danielle, is if you expand and stretch the tent, which Democrats are at least are trying to do. With Republicans, they're telling you openly, without any subtlety, we're restricting the tent and we're taking this tent back to 1953 before Brown versus Board of Education. So at least with the Democrats, we have allies at the very least who are willing to carry some of our water and at the very least willing to combat climate change. With Republicans, climate change is a hoax created by China. You know, everything that you say makes so much sense as to why you're a Democrat and like why people remain in the Democratic Party. And I have similar reasons um, for remaining a Democrat, but I have to tell you that I am genuinely believing that more so than I've ever in my entire career believed that we need a viable third party option. Mm. Like there needs to be a viable third party option. It's not coming anytime soon. But there needs to be one because the you have one party that is aggressively weak and mm. the other party that's just aggressive. And I don't know how you govern a country that way where the pendulum swings so far from one direction to the next that it might as well just fall off. And I think that we are at the fall off moment we because be. what you and I what you and I have been saying have been writing, have been speaking about um, for the last couple of years now, is now coming to fruition. Yeah. Republicans take back the gavel in Congress, and it is a wrap. Yeah. It is a wrap, okay? They will take that, and they will run with it. They will rip up the Constitution. They will break those gavels over our heads, and we are done. And Democrats will be sitting there, wagging their finger as they're being, you know, put into the guillotine, right? <laughs> They'll sit there wagging their finger. Well, what about morals? Don't you feel bad? Where This shame doesn't work on you? No, shame doesn't work on the devil. Yeah, right? shame doesn't work on shameless people. You know, it doesn't, morals, fighting a moral, going for the moral high ground doesn't work with people who have no morals. It doesn't. And I've told you so. Yeah. So, you know, the tactics, people always say, you know, at the, I, I get tweets and, and I get comments where, what's the solution? What's the solution? We already know what the problems are. And I'm like, the solutions are very clear, right? Fight. Yeah. Right. Use every tool within your toolbox for Joe Biden. That is the bully pulpit for Joe yeah. Biden. That is executive orders. Right. For Joe Biden, it is even if it's a bandaid of I'm going to write an executive order for student debt relief Boom. and it only lasts for two years. So well, be shit, it. that's so be it. That right? helps me. That helps you. I got student debts. Right. Two years is huge. So I'm saying if you can write an executive order that says, you know, universal pre-K. Right. For two our years? public school system. If, that's, if all you get is two years, then that's survival. Right. Yeah. Then we're fighting to keep it. We're not fighting to get it. And that puts us in a different position. And that puts the onus on Republicans now, especially in the House running in these, you know, very competitive districts to campaign on rescinding a very popular policy, which means you have a strategic win as well. So you've set yourself up for the future. You've set yourself up for the short term, but you've also helped people and push the ball forward. And I think the problem here is we're seeing uh, just many disruptions. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in America, right? A pandemic, 
income inequality, climate change, the rising water level. Uh, you're seeing people get fed up. You're seeing people refusing to go back to the bus. You're seeing women's rights under assault. Women are like, I'm not going to go back to taking a hanger uh, and like aborting a baby on my stairs and dying uh, or, or, or going to some alleyway in some like shady town and like, you know, entrusting my life to a person because a now, yeah, yeah, to a butcher. Right. And so now you're going to see the majority uh, confront this reality of fascism. And the reality is the following is that the majority in America, as we've talked about, and if you're a student of U.S. history, we learn the hard way. We're mm. arrogant. We're self-destructive until literally our rights are ripped away from us. Then we say, oh, shit, it took like six years six and a half years of a failed Bush presidency for people to finally come around and say, oh, this guy might be bad. Let's give it to a black dude. <laughs> it's so bad. Let's get a black dude up in here. And this is how America unfortunately works. And my fear is that this time it might be too late yep. because like you said, they ain't interested in giving back power. They're not interested in democracy. They don't care about the constitution. They care about power by any means necessary. And all we've got is seven months left to the midterms and about mm -hmm. two years left to the presidency. And it's going to be up to the rest of us, Danielle. It's going to be left up to the people. But that's 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 not a healthy uh, country where the majority no. is being ruled by a regressive minority. And it feels like there's no point in doing anything because the system is uh, stacked against us. That's when you get apathy. That's when you get people fighting for scraps. That's when you get uh, segmented places where people are like, well, the government do doesn't do anything for me. So it just, you know, live by any means necessary. That's when you become a emerging third world country. That's when you are banana republic. And I do not mean the casual dressing store. Like that is when you no longer believe in institutions, nope. when you no longer d vote because your vote doesn't matter because you know that it's a it's a laugh. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, where you have one corrupt person after the next corrupt person that just comes in because they're like kids inside of a candy store. Right. Which is what Donald Trump proved. Oh, emoluments clause. What's that? Right. I'll just run this place like it's my own personal bank and the Department of Justice like it's my own personal law firm. I'm mm. untouchable. And so by virtue of the fact that we have had experience with a group of mobsters and criminals mm. running our government for four years and have still faced no consequences for None. that. All we have done is set up an opportunity for the next group to come in to be even worse because they will be more strategic and savvier and they will have an entire inflated budget military at their disposal. And yep. we already saw what Donald Trump did in Oregon, in Washington, D.C., when he had the military at his disposal to go to use them against his own people a lot of cracked skulls a lot of yeah. cracked skulls and that's the and that's you know you know people say why well, you're being too cynical and you know i look let, let me let me end this way mm -hmm. i would love to be proven wrong if you guys come back and democrats win and say watch eat crow just give me a halal crow and some salsa all right because <laughs> I like I'm not like Democrats. I like some, you know, I like seasoning on my meat. Seasoning. Yeah, yeah. So season my crow, make it halal. But our track record so far has been pretty good. And my take on this is if you're not seeing what's coming, you are deliberately putting your head in the sand. And it's time to take your head out and confront the challenges head on.
confront it. There's still time. There's still hope. But we have to brace ourselves for what's about to happen. That's all I'm saying. Seven months and ticking, dear friends. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. I'm Ajahat Ali. And we will be back next week, inshallah. Inshallah, if there's a democracy. Democracy.